Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The gospel lesson for today is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. This can be found on page 962 of your Pew Bible. In this passage, often referred to as the Beatitudes, Jesus describes the nature of life in the kingdom of God, which is experienced now by those who believe in and follow him. Here then is a a reading from Matthew chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add his blessing to this, the reading of his holy word. Like many of you in this room, I am a Greenwich native. I was, I'm a byproduct of this community, And by the time I got to high school, having gone to both public and private school, I was working really hard. I worked to get good grades, I took AP classes, I had a job at a bakery, I volunteered, and I was all-state girls soccer. Just a typical Greenwich teen overachiever. But it seemed all my hard work paid off because I got into a good college. But I can tell you something that at the end of my senior year of high school, I felt empty inside. Now, from the outside looking in, people would say that I had everything for the good life. I had been rewarded for working hard. I came from a loving home, and I had all my material needs met. And yet, there was still this ache and longing for something more. I had temporarily found that in my youth group, but then the youth minister left town and the group disbanded. And I was aware of this sort of desire to figure out who am I and why am I here? What am I doing here? What is the meaning of life? So I would describe myself then as a spiritual seeker. And my question to you today is, what is the good life? This text that we're going to look at today is actually the answer to that question from God's perspective. 
And we've begun a new sermon series today called Kingdom Living. And we're going to spend some time unpacking what does it mean to be citizens of God's kingdom. And we find that Jesus is presenting us here in this text with a new way of life that tells us all about that. But what we find may not be at all what we'd expect. So what's happening in this story? We know Jesus has called his disciples He has gone all around Galilee, teaching and healing many. And so the crowds are coming after him. But he leaves the crowds aside to go up the mountain with those that he's apprenticing. And this took place on hills that are northwest of Capernaum. Some of us have had the honor and privilege of being pilgrims in Israel. And we know what it's like to sit up on top of that mountain, looking out over the Sea of Galilee. And it was there that Jesus gave this important lesson to train his disciples as people who are going to carry on his mission and his message. The Sermon on the Mount is considered the greatest sermon ever preached. In fact, it's so powerful that I know churches take one verse of this text and preach it each week for months You'll be glad to know that I'm not going to go into that level of detail here today. But my goal is to give you a broad overview, and we're going to drop down on just a couple of them. To give you a little sense, I hope, a hunger for going from this place and doing a little summer reading of your own. Um, You can get the whole Sermon on the Mount if you read Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. So this invitation to the good life is talking about blessed right? Blessed are those. Now, the word blessed sometimes is translated happy, but it's much more than happy because, as you know, the word happy is dependent on our circumstances. But blessed is actually ultimate well-being and spiritual joy. Ultimate well-being and spiritual joy. I don't know about you, but I can use even more of that on a daily basis. And I think not only that, so can our homes and our community and our nation and our world. Ultimate well-being and spiritual joy. Jesus is teaching his followers in this how to be like him. It's a lesson in discipleship. This is life in the kingdom of God. Now, I want to start in a different place than you might expect, and that is I want to do the back half of verses 3 through 10. And if you you might have it in your pew Bible in front of you, you'll see it also on the wall, but it's in your bulletin. So if you want to take a look there on the inside, you'll see it. But we're going to look first at the rewards, what you get as you live in the blessed life with God. Notice they're not material wealth and they're not worldly power. They have to do with our experience of getting closer to God and sharing in his goodness. So what do we gain if we live out these values? Well, the rewards are comfort, mercy, satisfaction, to see and be children of God, to inherit the earth and be in God's kingdom. Now that sounds pretty inviting to me. And it probably doesn't surprise you that these things are on the list. I want to dive deep on one of them, and that is the kingdom of heaven that we see beginning with verse 3 and also again in verse 10. It's repeated here. 
the kingdom of heaven takes place when we invite Jesus into our lives to be our Lord and King, when we trust and depend on him and join in his good work in the world, what we get is that we receive even more of God's presence and power in our everyday lives. We are in, but not of, this world. We have a dual citizenship. We are part of the eternal heavenly kingdom with God, but we're also here and now in our earthly kingdom where we are living out our call to faith. But how, how do we get to these things? How do we get these rewards? To answer that question, we're going to go now to the first half of verses 3 through 10. We're going to look at who is blessed. And my guess is this list may surprise you, It's a little upside down from what our world tells us is the path to the good life. And as we go through them, I want you to think about what would be on your list of the top 10 values or ways of being that you think lead to the good life. So let's take a look at at what these ultimate well-being and joy paths are. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, pure in heart, the peacemakers. So as you look at this list here, I want to ask you to think about, is there one on this list that you think, that's kind of my thing. I'm a little bit better at that than the others. Well, if you can relate to any of those on the list, that may be your calling. That may be God's design in you, how he's fashioned you to impact the world. Now, there might have been a couple up there, I know there are for me, that I thought, I'm not doing so well in that department. Um, And if so, that may be a little conviction of the Holy Spirit nudging you in a new area of spiritual growth. And so what I want you to do with this bulletin is if you take it home or if you open your Bibles later to um, these verses in particular chapter 5 of Matthew, verses 3 through 10. I want you to just pray through and sit with these verses. Ask God to reveal, what is it about this blessed R list, Lord, that you're inviting me to or that you're using me for or want to use me more, um, as well as what are the rewards that I see fruit of in my life right now, that I'm excited to see God doing a new thing. So that's a little homework assignment. Now, after that, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about two of these on the list that I think could be confusing. And the first is the words poor in spirit. Well, poor in spirit is the opposite of spiritual pride and self-sufficiency. And I think Jesus does the best job of defining this in his parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector who both go into the temple to pray. And you may remember the Pharisees sort of up front, prominent, and he's praying for all to see. And he says, thank you, God, that I am not like this man, a sinner. And he goes on to list all his moral accomplishments. Well, the sinner is this, the tax collector is this broken man. And he comes to God and says humbly, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, And which of these two men goes home forgiven by God? The sinner, the tax collector. 
And that's an example of someone who is poor in spirit, who is desperate for God and knows they need God. And maybe there's a time in your life you can remember being a person like that, maybe so aware of your sin, you're wondering if God can redeem you, or so broken and longing for God to deliver you. If so, you are the poor in spirit. Now, the other one I want to unpack is the second one on that list, because it says, blessed are those who mourn. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read that, I'm like, uh, grieving is blessed? It's joy? It's well-being? But then, as I spent a couple weeks with this verse, I realized that actually this really speaks to me personally. And I told you at the start of the sermon about being a spiritual seeker. Well, my search for God really came to fruition in college. God captured my heart more fully. And in that experience, I I can look back now over the journey of my life, and I realize God has shown up over and over again in unexpected ways. And what has surprised me most looking back over my journey is that it was often in the most painful times in my story that he has shown up in profound ways that I couldn't have possibly imagined. Um, I think back to different seasons, to a miscarriage, to years of infertility, losing loved ones, divorce, and a job loss. And during those seasons, I have felt carried by God and by others' prayers and loving kindness to me. God used family and friends and pastors and counselors and even strangers to minister to me when I was in a place of brokenness. God showed up over and over again when I was at the end of my rope, brokenhearted, grieving, and desperate for his presence to comfort, heal, and make me whole. And as pastor of Care and Connection here at Stanwich Church, I can say that I have been so blessed by many of your stories as you've told me that God has done the same thing in your life as well. All of these blessed attributes of the kingdom of life may seem pretty hard, the ones we saw up on the wall. But Tim Keller said it well. The hard things in life received with faith in God turn to blessings. The hard things in life received in faith with faith in God will turn to blessings. And these words really speak to what happens in the last two verses of our section for today. I want to look with you at verses 11 and 12. 11 tells us, Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now notice, this is saying there is joy when you remain faithful despite opposition. And the other thing that's important to notice here is all the other blesseds before said, blessed are those who. This one says, blessed are you. Jesus is personalizing these words for his disciples there that day because he knew 
what kind of suffering was going to be ahead for them in following Jesus. So then it goes on to say in verse 12, Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When persecuted, we are not to lean in to our natural human responses. I don't know about you, but I think I'd mount up to fight or I'd run away. Those would be my natural human responses. But instead, God says in this, it's possible to experience spiritual joy and well-being, and even gratitude, because God draws near. God recycles and transforms suffering and pain to use it for good in our lives and for others as well. When we see God redeem suffering, we get a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. So let's review just again these, now that we've gone through them, breaking them apart, Matthew 5, verses 3 through 10. And I just want you to let God speak these words over you as we read them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I read that list, and especially the blessed R's on the left, I think to myself, how could we possibly achieve this? Maybe you, like me, feel a sense of inadequacy or even a little hopeless going through this list. How could we be these perfect people? Well, if that's what you're feeling, you are right where God wants you. This is because we can't do or be these people on our own. In fact, if we try to do it, we will fail. However, there is more to the story, and that is Jesus can and did achieve all of this for us. This is such a high standard, only he could attain it, and he did it in his life, death, and resurrection. He was poor in spirit, pure meek. He mourned, hungered, and thirsted for righteousness and God's peace, and he was persecuted for righteousness' sake. He lived up to the code of conduct perfectly because we couldn't, and he knew that the kingdom life, the best possible life, is by trusting and staying connected to God because when we do, his Holy Spirit guides us and gives us the power to love and serve God. Jesus was persecuted and reviled for who he claimed to be. And yet in the midst of this, as our king, he laid down his power, his rights, and authority. 
And he did all of this so that we could inherit his unending and overwhelming life. Most of his disciples go to their death for him. They're so convicted by the truth of the gospel that despite being persecuted and reviled, they go sharing this good news in miraculous ways. They found total well-being and spiritual joy in Jesus. Jesus invites us to surrender to God's best for us, even if our circumstances look difficult, to trust him in a world that can be terrifying, unsafe, and even attacks us for our faith. As we embrace that kingdom life like Jesus did, our ultimate well-being and joy will draw others to know God as well. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.